Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church family. I'm really excited that you're here to worship with us this morning. And you know, I was trying to think of what I was gonna say. And honestly, I think we just all need some Jesus this morning. So you're ready to just dive into worship and just to see what he has for us. And, and I do know this, that he does work all, together, all things together for good for those that love him. So do we love him in this place? Yeah, so let's just worship. Oh 
God is good, right? He is. He's our defender. He was our defender yesterday. He's our defender today. And he's our defender tomorrow, right? What's going on in our community, in our country, in our world is irrelevant compared to who God is. Because he's the same, right? He's the same. So I feel like the enemy is, is trying to come against us and trying to shake us up a little bit and go, we don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know what, what it's holding in our present right now. And he tries to affect us on what our past has said to us before. But God is the same the whole time, the whole time. And so if you would just pray with me, I just, love to, I just want to just ask God to just bring that into this room right now. Jesus, man, thank you. Thank you for being the same. God, for, for providing for us, for loving us in our past, for your presence right now. And Jesus, the hope that you still sow right now and whatever situations are going on in our personal lives and in our, in our hearts, and whether it's turmoil or joy, you are still good. And you are worth praising. You are worth worshiping God. You are worth drawing our identity from. You are worth drawing our hope from, our faith from, all of your fruits. Jesus, thank you for defending us. Thank you for defending us. Thank you for, for casting a, a, a future and a hope. God, you are good all the time. So we lift your name up, Jesus. We declare your name, Jesus, over our lives, over our families, over our health, over everything, God, because you are unchanging always loving. We are so grateful for that. Lord, I pray that you can bless every single one of us. You can open our eyes to see the things you want us to see. Open our ears to hear the things that you want us to hear, God, because you are what matters. You. Lord, we love you and we thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right, give another shout of praise to God. He's good. He is good. If you are with us in person, go ahead and say hello to somebody and you can find your seats. For those of you that are at home, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Fellowship Church Online is such a great, amazing ministry. We're able to reach everywhere. So if you haven't already, let us know where you're watching from in the comments, in the chat. We'd love to be able to see if you're here in the community, if you're out on vacation, if you're in another state or even across the world. It's so cool to be able to see you guys online with us. So engage with us through service. Uh, put the praise hands up or the fire emojis. We'd love to hear from you, um, the whole message and the rest of today as well. For those of you that's your first time joining us here in person or online, I'd love to be able to just uh, welcome you guys as guests or visitors. I'd love to say if you just want to get more information or you want to get in contact with some of us, it's really easy. Take out your phones and text the word fellowship to the number 94,000. And when you do that, it's really simple. You get in contact with some of the staff. We're able to share some information with you on different ministries or anything like that. But you also get invited to a guest reception, which we love to be able to treat you and your family to a Sunday morning where we can give you a tour and uh, answer any questions that you have. So thank you guys so much for joining us, spending your Sunday morning with us. We're gonna continue with uh, the worship of God with tithes and offerings right now. Now, there's a few different things that um, I say that can shock people, like right in the moment. Have you ever said, said something and it kind of throws somebody off guard? One of my favorite things to tell someone is to prove it. Like, they'll be like, hey, I'll pray for you, and I'll go, prove it. And then they're like, oh, boy, right? I'll tell to, I'll to, to my close friends and things like that, or they'll say, I'll call you later, I'll show up, you know, I'll meet you tomorrow, and I'll go, prove it. Well, you got to be careful sometimes with who you use that uh, term with. I was with my two-year-old son, 
And we were in the playroom and it was just me and him. And he's just starting to get uh, interested in the bathroom activities and things like that. Um, and so he'll do, these, he'll do this thing where he'll go poo-poos. And it's like, and it, thank you so much, son, for alerting me to what is happening. And so it's really nice because then, you know, it's not a surprise or a blowout or anything like that. And we can just take care of it. But then he started crying wolf at some point, all right? And so, because <laughs> he knows he gets attention from it. So he'll go poo-poos and I'll go check and there's nothing there and stuff. And so one morning this happens again and again and again. And so he, he says it to me and I'm just like, prove it. And no, on cue, he produces evidence. And I'm like, oh. It's like he was baiting me into the whole thing or something. It's just one of those times, man, proving it, it's not a good thing. But, you know, God says to us, and I think there's a few different times we can say to God, prove it. I mean, all of his promises, right? His word doesn't go out and return void. But in Malachi 3.10, there is a promise in scripture that God says, you can put me to the test. And it's like he's saying, I'll prove it. And it's like, we can tell him, prove it. And it's so crazy. If, if in Malachi 3.10, it says that if you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, then he will open up the floodgates of heaven. And it's so crazy that he has proven it time and time again in my life. And so as you are bringing anything in, whatever it might be, and you start trusting God and loving him through the act of giving and generosity. He, he starts stewarding in you this generous spirit, this giving spirit, but then he just opens up the floodgates and blesses you financially in such a huge, huge way. And it's happened to my family, and I've heard story after story from many of you in here right now, and I, I know a few of you that are online with us, that that has happened to you as well. So if you need a financial breakthrough of some kind, um, I would love to just be able to pray over you. And, uh, and as we bless and pray over these tithes and offerings, I feel like God is going to make a way this week specifically for someone in here or someone online. His promises remain true all the time. So would you guys please pray with me? Jesus, you are good. Lord, I pray that you can bless every single tithe and offering that's happening. And Lord, God, we just love you. We love how you're working and how you, how you love us. And so as we love you through the act of generosity and, and through giving, God, I pray that you can um, bless us financially. For those of us that are in uh, some, some type of financial situation that is tough, God, I pray that you can, you can make a way. God, you can provide a way um, with that. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you. You are so amazing. And Lord, we worship you and we count you as the one true God in, uh, in everything. Lord, we love you in your heavenly name. Amen. Right, there's a lot of different ways that you can give here at Fellowship Church. We're not going to pass the buckets out today, but there are offering boxes uh, for those of you that are in here um, in the lobby, as well as a lot of ways that you can give online through the Church Center app or text to give. Uh, and there's a lot of great ways to be able to, um, you know, stop by throughout the week and you can drop off your tithe and say hi, um, get some prayer or anything like that too. So we want to offer all of those different things to you for those of you in here and online. Thank you so much again for spending your Sunday mornings with us. Here's a few other things going on here at Fellowship Church. Hey Fellowship, we're so glad that you're here with us this Sunday. Here are some exciting things happening at FC. We have a new feature on the homepage of the Church Center app called Sermon Notes. So now if you just go to the Church Center app and hit that button, it's on the homepage, it's bright green, it's really easy to find. You can follow along in service with the teaching pastor's notes. It makes it to where you can just pay attention and hear the word and not have to worry about writing down that really good sticky statement. It's right there, it's super easy to find on the Church Center homepage called Sermon Notes. 
Whether you've been a part of our church for years or you're new to fellowship, we wanna make sure that you feel a part of the team, a part of the family. So if you wanna get connected and go further into our church family, make sure you check out the groups tab on the Church Center homepage. It's down at the bottom, it says groups, hit it. There we have all kinds of groups, whether they're life groups, which meet throughout the week, um, or even on Sundays, or activity groups, which is basketball and mountain biking and stuff like that, or serving opportunities. There's a spot for you here at Fellowship. We wanna make sure that you feel a part of the family. So check out our groups tab and get involved there. Speaking of serving opportunities, Green Team needs your help. So if you've been interested, you feel like God has been tugging on your heart to get involved with our kids' ministry on Sundays, please check out the Serving Opportunities page in the Groups tab and find Fellowship Kids 2nd through 5th grade. Fill out the application and let us know that you want to get involved. Whether it's making crafts with kids Sunday morning or playing push-off and dodgeball in our lava corner upstairs, we need your help. So please check out that serving opportunity in the groups tab. Well, again, Fellowship Church, we're so grateful that you're here with us. Enjoy today's service. So I've spoke of my childhood a lot and where I grew up and really how blessed I was to have the family that I had and grow up in the community that I grew up in. But one of the things that my town was known for when it came to teenagers was drinking and fighting. So <laughs> it wasn't the greatest part of my life, that part anyway, growing up. And I actually fell victim to that uh, growing up. Not so much the drinking part, but the fighting part. I got jumped at a party by a couple guys and I broke my back in two places. 17 years old, uh, and I, honestly, I, I remember that on a daily basis because I still have a lot of chronic pain uh, because of that. But one of the things that I remember that particular evening is I was brought to the hospital and I lay in the emergency room was I couldn't wait for my parents to show up. Couldn't wait for them to get there. Because my parents, there was something about them when they showed up to a stressful situation they always made things better. My dad was the type of guy that would just bring peace into any situation he walked into. He was just that kind of guy. And he was a fixer. He could fix things. But my mother was a fixer in the, that she could fix situations. She just came into a situation. She knew what to do. She would, she would go into to action. And so I just was thinking to myself as I was laying there, man, will they just get here already? And sure enough, when they did, I had a peace. I knew everything was gonna be all right. And for many of us, we had parents like that. But for some of us, we didn't. And so we can just hope that there are people in our lives, regardless of whether they're family, maybe they're friends that do the same thing for us. Pastor Hooper has always been that for Rebecca and I and our family also. And you gotta understand that I met him 31 years ago at a, a friend's wedding and then went to work for him two years later. So there's not many things that we have not gone through together. And I can remember, I mean, uh, Rebecca and I's marriage almost failed. We were at a crossroads. 
And Pastor Hooper stepped in and he counseled us and he helped us and he made our marriage stronger and, and through, through his teaching and guidance. I, I remember him stepping into situations before with, when our finances were an absolute mess and him helping and, and maybe it was some type of trauma with our kids or, or, or whatever. I, I remember when my dad was diagnosed uh, with Alzheimer's, how he, he helped me walk through that because he had lost his father too. And, and so Pastor Hooper just was that way for me as well. And it has been such a blessing for me. And so like, he's the type of guy that, that man, if, if, if I'm hurting, if I'm in the hospital, I want him to show up. That's just the type of person that he is. Now, as great as those type of people are in our lives, and hopefully we all have at least one or two, can you imagine what it would be like if Jesus actually showed up in a situation where you needed him in person? Could you imagine getting in a car wreck and you were hurt pretty bad? And, and before the paramedics got there, Jesus just came on the scene and just held your hand and said, it's gonna be all right. Rode with you in the ambulance, slept in the room with you at the hospital until you got better. Could you imagine how that might feel? Well, the New Testament is filled with stories where Jesus did just that. Showed up on the scene and made everything better. I love the stories in scripture where he does this and it changes people's life. One of the stories I love the most is a story that we find in Luke chapter seven, verse 36. It's a story of a woman who had been rejected by everyone except Jesus. And we read in verse 36, as Jesus is ministering in a city, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for lunch. And Jesus accepted the invitation. And as they sat, and as they sat down to eat, a woman of the streets, a prostitute, heard he was there and brought an exquisite flask filled with expensive perfume. Now understand that, that scholars say that this was probably her life savings. That's how expensive this perfume was for the day. The next verse says, going in, she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping with her tears falling down upon his feet. And she wiped them off with her hair and kissed them and poured the perfume on them. When Jesus' host, a Pharisee, saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself, this proves that Jesus is not a prophet. For if God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman this one was. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Did you catch that? This Pharisee didn't say that out loud. He just thought it. And Jesus proves that he is the prophet that, that he says he is because he doesn't have to hear it audibly. He heard his thoughts and he says, Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. All right, teacher, Simon replied, go ahead. Then Jesus told him this story. He says, a man loaned money to two people, 5,000 to one and 500 to the other, but neither of them could pay him back. So he kindly forgave them both, letting them keep the money. Which do you suppose loved him most after that? Verse 43 says, I suppose the one who had owed him the most. Simon answered, correct, Jesus agreed. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look, see this woman kneeling here? When I entered your home, you didn't bother to offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and had wiped, was wiped them with her hair. 
You refused me the customary kiss of greeting, but she has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. You neglected the usual courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has covered my feet with rare perfume. Therefore, her sins, and they are many, are forgiven. For she loved me much, but one who's forgiven a little shows little love. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And then in verse 50, he says, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Do you remember when Christ showed up for you? What did he pick you up out of? How much has he forgiven you? I remember I got saved super young, like six years old, but I still remember when I got saved. But it was years later before I really understood that I had been forgiven. I got the fact that, you know, I was gonna go to heaven, but I didn't understand. I still thought maybe that I needed to confess my sin to my parents or, or, or to somebody else. I didn't understand that then when I asked for forgiveness from Jesus, he literally took the burden off of me. And I remember the night when I finally understood that and grasped that. And my mom explained to me, she's like, you know, Tim, you don't need to tell us every bad thing you've ever done. <laughs> I'm like, you don't? I don't? You don't have to? No, you just confess that to Jesus and he forgives you. And I remember this massive burden, like taken from my shoulders, like this huge weight it felt was literally taken off of me at that young age. And then I really understood how Jesus loved me and how he forgives me. This woman reacted the way that she reacted because she finally had hope. She had been rejected her whole life. She was a Gentile, so she was rejected because she was a Gentile, but then she was even more rejected because of her lifestyle her occupation. And when she saw somebody that could forgive her of her sins and wouldn't shun her, wouldn't throw her to the side, wouldn't say that she was unimportant, wouldn't say that she was unforgivable, but yet then said, you are forgiven. That's why there was so much emotion. That's why there was so much that she was willing to give because she knew that this was the Messiah. How much guilt and shame has Jesus forgiven you for? Maybe early on you realized that and you felt it, but how much through the years, right? Because we are not perfect now. How much has he forgiven you for this week? How much has he forgiven you for last night? <laughs> we all make these stupid choices and these stupid mistakes, but, but, but Jesus says, it's just as if you haven't sinned when you receive me. You're justified. He's forgiven you for, for all of it. Isn't that incredible? Doesn't that move you emotionally? Thank God he has forgiven us. Thank God that he sent his son to die for our sins, that we can be forgiven. And we can, it is just as if we never sinned at all. 
man, that's beautiful. It's, it's an incredible story when you think about the fact that, that he shows up on the scene and he takes this woman who has done so much wrong and washes her sins clean. In another, sin, we, another scene in the Bible, we see Jesus show up for somebody's, uh, not child, but when you read the story, you believe it's almost like an adoptive child. You know, there's nothing more important to us than our children. As a parent, we see them as a massive gift. Sometimes we don't see them as a gift. <laughs> but then the dust settles and goes, oh yeah, you're right, you're, you're a gift. But we love our kids, right? They're so special to us. And I think with our kids, I think there's always been times where there's a lot of times in life where they go through stuff and you're like, oh God, I need you right now for them. I need you to heal them. I need you to bring them back to you. I need you to watch over them. I mean, that's what we do as parents. I mean, the loss of a child is like, according to psychologists and counselors, is the worst trauma a person could ever go through in their life. And I remember uh, having two girls, of course, and they're grown up, they're out of the house now, but so many times thinking back about times when we were so fearful about what was going on in their life. When my parents had uh, their 50th wedding anniversary, we did this family trip and it was incredible. It was a, a cruise and we went to this particular island. It was Barbados and, and we went out to this beach. We did this excursion and we snorkeled together and we, we hung out on the beach. It was just, it was a great day. And as we were leaving that day and understand there was a bunch of us, we all just kind of lined up, had all of our stuff and we headed back to where our van was going to pick us up to bring us back to the cruise ship. And I was last, I was trying to get all the kids stuff together. And I was like, hey guys, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll trail up everybody. And, and so I, I was getting my shoes on. And so I was pretty far behind him. And when I caught up, it wasn't until they were actually all sitting in the van. And uh, I uh, got in the van and Rebecca looked at me and said, where's Madeline? And I was like, I thought she was with you. Right? How many parents have ever said that? I thought they were with you. She was six years old and we were on this island. And the island doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to uh, the safety of children. And so in that moment, like every parent does, our heart sunk. And when that happens, what do you do? I mean, you want the whole world to help you find them. And so uh, every, all her, her whole family was, was out of the van. We were all looking through the, the, like the restaurant that was there. We were hitting the beach. We were trying to find her. We, we were so scared that somebody had snatched her. And what seemed like was an hour was probably only 10 minutes before we found her. But in that moment, as every parent, we were crying out to God. God, please let her be okay. God, please don't let somebody have taken her. God, please help us to find her. God, please, we'll do anything, Lord. We will say, we, 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 please help her to be okay. Now, obviously she's okay because she's on staff here at the church. She made it out of Barbados, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but as we were looking for her, what she did is she ended up finding uh, somebody that had a, 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 a bracelet that was like a, a Royal Caribbean bracelet, like what we had. And she went to this lady and said, hey, I, I can't find my family. Would you help me? And this lady got her back to us. The joy, right? Oh, when you know your child's okay. When you know you found your child, when you know your child has been healed, the joy, the relief that that is. 
And so we see this Roman soldier and he comes to Jesus, another Gentile. He's not a Jew. He's not supposed to have the blessings of God. He's not supposed to have the favor of God. Salvation and healing isn't supposed to be for him. Yet he understands who Jesus is and that he's the Messiah and he can fix all things. And he has this servant and he must be very special to him for him to go to these links to see his servant healed. And, and he must be almost like an adoptive child. And I think for many of us, whether or not we have people in our lives that are our children, we have people in our lives that feel like they're our children. And in, in this scripture, the Bible says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed. Another, uh, another translation said he had palsy and is in terrible pain. Jesus says, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. So I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And then in verse 13, it says, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened and the young servant was healed that same hour. Can you think of a time when Jesus showed up for your kids? How many times has he shown up for your kids? I mean, your kids probably wouldn't be here today without Jesus showing up for them. Maybe it was a health situation. It was a health scare. You didn't know they were going to live. Maybe it was a situation where they were making dumb decisions, which kids will do. And you were wondering if they were going to come through. But Jesus took care of them because he loves them. We see in this next scene, because we all kind of, look at trials in our life and we call them storms, right? If I could just get through this storm, if I could just get through this, it's just, it's such a mess. It's just crazy. It's like the wind is blowing against me. It's like the waves are crashing against me. It's like I'm going against the current. In this story, we actually see Jesus show up literally in the middle of a storm for his disciples. The Bible says in Mark chapter four, verse 35, as evening, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Have you ever been in a really bad storm on the water? It, I've been on cruise ships. I love cruising. You talked about that. I've been in some crazy storms in a cruise ship. But you're in a cruise ship. You might get a little motion sick, but you know you're not going to sink. But have you ever been in a storm on the water in a small boat? I got to, uh, like I said, grow up in Colorado and, and near Lake Powell. And one of the things that we always did as a family is we took all of our vacations there. 
We invested in a boat. And we, I remember from, from, from a very young age, every spring break, every fall break, whatever we got in the summer, we went to the lake. We loved it. But Lake Powell can be unforgiving and crazy. And if you've ever been on that lake much and you've ever gotten into a storm on that lake, you know what I'm talking about. And you're not on a cruise ship when you're on Lake Powell. I remember one time, and understand, we've been in a lot of storms on that lake, but we got caught in the main channel trying to get back to, um, trying to get back to the marina and a storm came up on us. Now we had about an 18 foot boat, so it wasn't that big, but we had the old style of jet ski the kind of jet ski, it actually took skill to ride, okay? <laughs> Do you remember those? So you start off on your knees and you get up and you have to ride the jet ski. Well, if you've ever ridden those, I mean, they're really fun, but they, they are not the easiest thing to ride, especially in a storm. So my mom and myself were in the boat and we're trying to get down the main channel and my dad is on the jet ski and it is white capping and the wind is going crazy and my dad is getting beat to death. We're getting to beat to death in the boat, but he is getting beat to death on this jet ski. And we're looking out at the at him and he's fighting these waves and he's fighting these waves and he falls off. Now those old style of jet skis, they're designed to come back and get you. But that does not happen when you are in a storm. They just go away from you. So we thought if we're, gonna, if we're gonna get him and get the jet ski, we need to try to head the jet ski off. So my mom tries to get in front of the jet ski and it actually submerges and goes underneath our boat. And my dad is like way off in the distance and we're like, what do we do? You know, we just probably sunk the jet ski and then it pops up on its own and it's just out there. And, and we're thinking seriously, what are we gonna do? Then the waves started, just like the Bible says in, in Jesus uh, with the disciples, the waves actually started coming up over the top of the boat and getting into the boat. Oh, we didn't know what we were gonna do. Because if in this part of the main channel, the, the, the sides of the cliffs are just sheer. There was no place for us to swim to. I literally thought we were going to drown. And I wanted to go down in the hole of our boat and wake up Jesus, right? And say, please, please help us. Now, obviously we made it out and Jesus brought us through the storm. But we see this with the disciples in verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. When his head, uh, with his head on a cushion, the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're gonna drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Have you ever felt like the disciples? You feel like your whole world is falling apart and you wonder if Jesus is sleeping. You ask yourself the question, does he even care? Is, is he even watching? Does he realize the pain that I'm going through? The answer is a resounding yes. Yes to all those questions. And he will step in and calm your storm because that is what he does. As we look back over our lives and these different trials that hit us, when you look closely, you'll see there was Jesus. 
as I look at my parents intervening in my life and Pastor Hooper intervening in my life when I was hurting, there was Jesus. You see, because Jesus loves to use his attributes through people to help his children. It wasn't really them. It was him in them. God has people in your lives that he wants to use to help you through storms. When Rebecca and I's marriage almost didn't make it, there was Jesus. When my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and we had to see him slowly lose his mind and die over about an eight-year period, which was so painful, which was so heart-wrenching, which was so something you would never want to wish on your worst enemy, there was Jesus. The craziness with this virus right now in our world, there was Jesus. The craziness of last Tuesday night, right? You know, everybody's freaking out. Half of the country celebrated yesterday. The other half mourned. <laughs> People are going through depression because of the, uh, the election. Do you ever think in the history of the world that God has looked at anybody that has ever been elected in government and said, oh no. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? I've lost all control. There is no way I can work through Republicans. There is no way I can work through Democrats. Might as well give up. You're all on your own. The Bible says that God appoints all leaders. All leaders. And as Christians, we should be different. We should hold up our leader in prayer regardless who it is. Regardless of whether you voted for them or not, we should pray for them. We should not disrespect them. We should lift them up and say, God, counsel them. Give them wisdom. Help them to make the right decisions. Be there for them. If they're not saved, let them be saved. And don't freak out about it. Don't let the devil lose, steal a bit of your joy. What a waste of time, right? For us to fret over who was elected and who wasn't. You voted, you did your part, now it's in God's hands. He's got us, he's got us. In the nuts, in the, in the craziness and the nuts that, that, uh, that can be politics and government, there was Jesus. There had always been Jesus. Well, there's this really awesome song that's out right now that's by Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. And it's, it's not a worship song, but I worship to it. Because as I listen to it, it reminds me how many times in my life there was Jesus. There was Jesus when he saved me. There was Jesus when he forgave me of my sins. There was Jesus through every heartache, through every storm. He never took his hand off me. And he's done the same thing for you. But then for some of us, it's not only looking back, but it's the fact that right now we are in the 
middle of a storm. And we are saying, Jesus, wake up. And it's okay for you to say, Jesus, wake up. Do you not see what's going on? Will you please be there for me? Will you please intervene? Will you please take over? And he will. And he will stand up for you and he will say, silence, be still. That's what God will do for you. So as you listen to this song, worship him. Worship him for what he's done. Pray to him for what you need him to do. But help the, let this help you have a new perspective on where you've been and where you're going.
Jesus, we know you've always been there for us. And thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that in every situation we can look to you. And I pray that as trials come, because they will, as long as we're on this earth, that we would remember to say it was Jesus. Even when times look dark, even when things look like it's not going to get better, we can say, there's Jesus. Because you are in control. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We are your children. You don't want to see us lost. You don't want to see us hurt. You want to see us loved. You want to see us have an abundant life. That's the promise. So Lord, bind up the spirit of lies in our mind that would tell us anything different. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time of worship. God, you're so good. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Remember, there was Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, and your precious son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to connect you with resources and support you to take your next step in your new walk with Christ. Text HEAVEN to 94000 to get started. Thank you for joining us today, and make sure you join us next Sunday, either online or in person, for 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. services.